Who are the lukewarm? By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Our minds are the battleground between God and Satan, and our hearts are the throne or altar of one or the other. We are His temple, living stones that the house of God is built from. We are unitedly a body with a government, the head, and the people, the body. The government of God has successfully brought forth and taught the truth that has been revealed throughout the ages to the church. God's people have been taught from the pulpit the way to live and walk with Him. However, until the government can personally literally make that walk themselves as the head of Christ's body, the Lord will not bring eternal earthly life to creation through them. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, based on end-time truth, is there to aid the fully committed. All the world waits for this to happen, but it must start with the head, discerning the will of God, and then laying down their own will to do the Lord's. Our example, Jesus, had a personal free will, but He said, Nevertheless, your will be done, speaking to the Father. Until the government can emulate the Lord in their hearts and minds, Jesus cannot come forth in full stature through His body to bring eternal life to creation. It's waiting eagerly for God's people to get it. Even though church leaders have faithfully brought forth the knowledge of God as a light to His people, and the elders have taught the people how they should walk, dress, react in society, etc., few, if any, have personally walked in God's perfect will. There are the subtle little pet things of the world that are hard for people to let go of, so the Lord cannot operate through them to bring the victorious life His promises or covenants promise man. The new heaven, without the accuser of the brethren or rebels, will not come about as long as God's children still have their fingers in the world beyond what is necessary to survive on this planet. The new earth will not come forth until the veil of deception is pulled off of God's people and they begin to change. We do not need the world's education, as it is all from the wrong tree. Remember, as Eve's descendants, which wisdom she chose, whose ideas she listened to and thoughts she fed to her mind. God supplies the needs of His people, so the financial systems governed by man will one day have to come into compliance with God's economy. But that is certainly not what is happening now. He who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, set up the economy for those who do His bidding to benefit. As for the world's religions, we sure don't want to walk in the traditions of man, as they make the Word of God of no effect in our lives. Nor do we wish to serve others the lies that are spreading the false doctrines across the earth. So, thumbs down the majority of the church and all the mystery religions of the world. Look at the world's relationships. Take marriage, for instance. Every aspect of family life has been tainted by the enemy, from the way we choose a mate to the attributes considered important in a husband or wife. We are so far from God's ways concerning life in general that it is ridiculous. 
Children are tainted and ensnared by the world in such a way that in spite of trying to raise them godly, they defect for what they think are greener pastures, so to speak. We try to reason with them through the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, rather than correct them according to Scripture. Unfortunately, Satan pulls hard at them with the world, while God gently nudges as he won't cross our will. On and on the list goes. But you know what? These are actually all relatively easy things to overcome. They stand out, easy to see. What's more difficult are the little things, the hidden thoughts and actions we must lay down personally to be separate from the world. It's those little pet desires that are embedded in our souls and minds that secretly hold us captive to the world. Who or what are the icons in our lives? Little children eat from rubbish piles. Whole families are without homes, living under bridges, taking shelter in boxes. Yet we support the world and these icons. If we are not financially aiding them through the added monies of the box office or the gate, we give our approval by the TV channel we select. In a very subtle way, we are showing our approval and admiration to both God and the enemy while helping to establish the world's ethics and economy and petting the world's heroes. So many of God's people are caught up in this clever trap and are neither hot or on fire enough to take a stand against the world and change, or cold enough to be the untaught that will survive to the millennium to be raised up during that time. Friends, many of us are lukewarm a terrible place to be. We must pull the veil of deception off of our mind's eye and see this. Much of the church has worldly friends, people they prefer, and even emulate over the company of the godly God has chosen and put into groups. We are to minister to them, not socialize. Again, lukewarm. Many are in their hearts modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees, still quoting the Law of Moses, forgetting or ignoring altogether the Law of God on our hearts and the New Covenant. Jesus lived the Law of Moses to perfection and made the walk delegated to God's people at that time. He completed it, every jot and tittle, and tried to lead them into a different era, even a different covenant, making a way for those born under the law to gain a part in the new earth and life in the new kingdom of God. Yet the modern Pharisee and Sadducee break the law of Moses and ridicule and challenge the new covenant. Then there are those that are very aware of the new covenant, but they too totally ignore the law of God on their hearts. They also ignore the example of Christ, disobey His commandments, yet call themselves Christians and claim to be a part of the body of Christ? Sorry, those that break His commandments show their lack of love for Him and each other and are the lukewarm that have no place in God's kingdom. Hanukkah came and went without God's intervention again this year. Did it ever occur to you that Hanukkah would be a waste on us? God's intervention for His people would be utterly useless today. Why would He save us from something we are still choosing to hang on to? 
he intervened for the Maccabees because they did not want to be assimilated into the world or be a part of its culture. They wanted to live in God's society and walk according to His principles, preserving their right to love the one true God. Showing His approval, He intervened giving this very small group of people victory over the enemy that threatened to separate them from Him. He cherished their love for Him alone. There is an enemy today, in fact the same enemy that was opposing God's people during the Maccabees era. That means to separate us from God today as well. Satan and his army love the lukewarm. They're an easy target, but the passionate, on-fire Maccabees could not be swayed. The Prince of Greece was the unseen supernatural force sent by Satan to operate through the Greek Hellenist army to assassinate what they could not assimilate. God, however, had other plans. He loosed his supernatural power through his angels, led by the archangels Michael and Gabriel, to rescue those who loved him. We see these principalities in Daniel chapter 10, verses 20 through 21. Then he, Gabriel, said, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia the principality over Babylon. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. He is the power behind the world's governments. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these, except Michael your prince. Only Michael and Gabriel, God's angelic warriors, can subdue the princes of Persia and Greece and they do not fight for the lukewarm. We see this supernatural force behind God's heavenly army also in Daniel chapter 12 verse 1, speaking not only of the Maccabee era, but of the end time, prophesying our victory. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. At that time, in the end days of this old world, Michael shall stand up, the great prince, the needed power, who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, Armageddon, or the tribulation, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered. Every one who is found written in the book, we win. So victory is promised, but before the Lord will give the command to intervene this time, His people must be in the same state as Mattathias and his sons. They stood firm, a completely separate people, making a statement to both the natural and the supernatural that they chose the lifestyle blueprinted for them by God. They truly were no part of this world. Unlike us, they would not have to have gone to its movies, watched its TV, attended its sports, or had worldly heroes. They weren't involved with its religions, education, or politics. They loved God, His people, His kingdom. They struck back, risking their lives for what they believed, not knowing if God would answer their prayers or not. They were ready to lay their lives on the altar of sacrifice, if need be, for their God. It did not occur to them how small their numbers were in the fire or passion of their love for God. For this, 
he intervened. The whole scenario was symbolic of a greater Hanukkah that will soon encompass the whole world. Through Michael, along with the rest of the archangels, God will destroy the Prince of Persia's fruit here on earth. The force operating through Babylon, with all of her mystery and false religions, will lose to God's angels. They will also bring a quick end to the influence of the Prince of Greece, the force exerting the evil power through the governments or kingdoms of the world. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. The battle this time, however, is fought in our souls, where the strongholds are, and our minds, where the flood of thoughts from the enemy attempts to wash away the knowledge of God. Our hearts being the throne of God, the altar, Satan determines to pollute and destroy, trying to drive the Lord out. Unitedly, God's people are His temple, His body. The end-time truth that will lead the way, or shine the light to eternity, to release its anointing on the lives of those who eat of this truth, and are obedient to all the necessary changes that must come about. It's the miracle oil that will break the yoke of the enemy. In the Maccabees days, the Greeks cooked a pig on the altar of the temple in Jerusalem and erected a statue of Zeus on it as well. This was done to wipe out any part of the lifestyle that remained in God's priesthood and in the bigger picture, meant to swallow up forever God's people. Thankfully, God came to their rescue. When the battle was over, they cleaned up the temple, repaired the menorah, only to discover there was not enough oil to keep it burning, and it would take eight days to make more holy oil. They decided to light it anyway, so the light of God could at least shine one day to celebrate His victory. Miraculously, the menorah continued to burn until the new oil was ready on the eighth day. Now, remembering the battle today is for our souls, minds, and hearts. We begin to understand it's Jesus against Satan, vying for humanity. So let us further break down the symbolism found in the story of the Maccabees to better understand where we are today. What or who is in our hearts? Zeus, symbolic of Satan, or is it the morning star, Christ, to light the way? Is Satan's dominion, which includes everything in the world around us, its pleasures, its financial, political, educational systems, society and culture, connected to our souls and the objects of our affections on the altar of our hearts as the unclean things represented by the hog? And isn't it exciting to begin to understand how the seven days of oil was symbolic of God keeping the light of truth alive in the midst of all the false doctrines, traditions, and the division caused by denominations to shine the way for His people for 7,000 years. To see the miracle of how enough truth was preserved to carry humanity in the eighth day, in spite of all the evil influence of the enemy. A thousand years is as a day to God. So finally, the human family has made it down through the ages to the eighth day to start a whole other cycle with new eighth-day oil. The anointing on the new truth released from the closed book of Daniel 
and the scroll of revelation for this new era is shining the way to eternity. However, hear the voice of the Spirit warning us. Our minds and hearts must be filled with the end-time knowledge of God to release the new oil, because the old ran out at the end of the seventh day. Eve's descendants must die to make it to paradise, whereas we can be new creatures, born-again virgins that do not prostitute themselves with the world or her systems. For those who are separate and sanctified, the morning star will rise in their hearts to guide them full circle back to our garden home, back to perfection, and all creation will follow along. In closing, this privilege is not for the lukewarm that cannot make up their minds or settle in their hearts who they belong to. It's for those who love God and hunger for the truth that will expose and defeat the enemy. Those Michael and his armies will defend. When the dead works of men are destroyed and all evil brought to an end, these will be left standing as the full stature of Christ. His body, the last Adam, will lead all of the rest of creation into eternity to live forever on a renewed, refurbished, restored new earth. Light dispels darkness, and at last, the festival of lights, Hanukkah, will be fulfilled.